0: Hey, it's Travis. Let's talk about the zine artists. When we started this, the lads and I had in mind 15 open slots for artists and assumed we'd get about that many applicants. Maybe 20, 25 on the high end, which was perfect because then we'd have a good pool to draw from for our next issue. And worst case scenario, we'd have to reach out to a few artists to fill out the zine if we didn't get quite enough applicants. We got 60. So... Ripping the Band-Aid off quickly, we have already reached out to the artists who are contributing to this issue of the guestbook. If you didn't hear from me, though, do not despair too deeply. The remaining 40 artists will be our first looks when we start on issue two. And as a personal favor to your good old buddy Travis, do forgive me for breaking the news to you this way. I think if the lobby boy had built me a room in the hotel, it would just be me reaching out directly to 40 passionate fans to break their hearts. It took two agonizing hours to whittle the list down to the final choices, as all of the artists showcased a lot of exciting, beautiful, and interesting art. If you submitted yourself to the guestbook, then I assure you that we went back and forth a lot over whether or not you specifically were going to join us this time. But we had to bleed somewhere, and hopefully we'll see you next time. So who the hell is participating in this thing? Travis, we didn't sign up for your self-flagellation. Give us the names. Okay, fine. Your artists for the guestbook, Volume 1, checking in. Are some familiar faces. Izzy, of course, our very own filthy guts. Ryoshi Sasaki on Twitter, our The Ship postcard artist. mick 2000 on Twitter, our The Pets postcard artist. Jamdeer on Twitter, our The Hotel postcard artist. That's this very episode you are about to hear. The Shy Reader on Twitter, our Neighborhood postcard artist. Parasitic Saint on Twitter, our The Ranch postcard artist, and Orca Putt, our A-Hotel postcard artist. And new to the group, Junk Fiction on Instagram, GT Koodles on Insta and Tumblr, Hot Desert on Twitter, Beanfomat on Tumblr, Explosive Muffin on Insta, MP Ampersand on Twitter, Schnitzelrent on Twitter, Mayo Sketch on Twitter, Clarip on Insta, Y2Kazoo on all platforms, PieFrans on Twitter, and EvilBad on Tumblr. I am so sorry if I butchered your handle. Proper spelling and such will be in the show notes. Everyone, make sure to go check out all of their art congratulations to our artists we're very excited to see what you've got in store for us to our artists who didn't make it this time remember there's always next time and we will not forget you the rest of you sit tight more info on how to pre-order the zine and all that is on the way as soon as we set that up in the meanwhile, this bonus episode of The Hotel is one of my favorites. It's one of the few that is a little firmer in canon, in my mind, than the other bonus episodes. And for anyone playing along at home, this would take place roughly right before the new Cruise episodes, back in Double Stuff October from last year. Okay, that's a full lid. Thank you, everyone, to who... ho. <laughs> okay, thank you again to everyone who submitted. You are all beautifully talented artists, and I can't wait to share the zine and so much more with you in 2023. Thanks for listening, and remember, Trespasses starts on the 1st.
1: Wait. Something's changed. Something's not right. I am utterly alone. Have I ever been alone before? I can't hear anything in the walls. I can't feel anything outside my supply closet. I know the lobby is out there and waiting. I never know if I'm really alone in the hotel. But I feel it, alone, not separate, not disregarded, not even lonely, just alone. I do my job, I do what's asked of me, always. I do my job when I'm afraid to even leave my closet. I do it when the guests are yelling and shrieking I do it when I'm angry and hurting So angry and hurting I can feel it Like something physical in my body In my bones I do what must be done because it must be done No one else is here to do it I do it because what else would I do? And even when it's awful and chaotic and it tries to overwhelm me and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, it gets done. The guests are checked in. My manager is pleased. The owner is satisfied. And we die. Always. No matter how hard it is or how easy it is. No matter how much I struggle or we fight or we. We. I know I'll always end up back here in the dark. Not hidden, not hiding. Not stuffed into a dank closet where he won't offend the guests with his lowly presence. But tucked away in the crook of the hotel's arms. No one else comes in here. I have my things here, my baubles, trash and treasure, and a dark corner where where I am not asked to do things, where there are no questions, no answers. And my companions are the vermin that live in the walls. The guests complain about them sometimes, but you know what? I kind of like it. Someone to talk to who understands. Never be alone again, I thought. But doesn't that mean I used to be alone? That can't be. I've stood by countless front desks with the manager waiting behind. Always aware of each other. Aware of everything. Even when I'm in my supply closet, I know she's in her private office. It's always been that way. She's always been here. I think it's like when the guests dream. Sometimes they tell us about their dreams. Not very often because they die. But every so often they have time for a little nap first. Or they die the next morning or they slept on their way into wherever they think they still are and the chatty ones they'll tell us about their dreams sometimes they say that they'll know something is a certain way even though there's no reason to know it just because it's a dream I hate listening to them talk about it. It just never seems to matter. But that's what this feels like. Something's changed and I don't know what. But I know it changed. I rub the muscles in the palms of my hands with my thumbs. I can't stop myself from looking around, but I know even if I could see anything, it would just be an empty closet. My closet. The same one as always. But... empty. Somehow. Colorless. Even in the dark, even with my eyes closed, even when they rot out of my skull and I can't see anything, the hotel always feels vibrant and colorful and alive. Even when I can't see it, it fills my mind and doesn't leave room for anything else. There's plenty of room in my supply closet tonight, And I think there's plenty of room out there, too. In a flash, I turn the knob and push the door open in one fluid motion, pulling my hands back to my body, suddenly startled at the noise. The door swings all the way open, hitting the wall and rocking halfway back with a whining shimmy. I wait for... something... A rebuke? A question? Any sound at all? The light keeps a respectful distance, and the doorway looks like a hole in black nothing. The lobby suspended in a void. I lean over to see what I can see without leaving. Not much. I lean the other way, still no. I notice how quiet it is, I notice how still and stale it is, I notice I'm roughly rubbing my hands together again, I shake them loose and drop them to my sides opening and closing my fists just out of sight. Nothing continues to happen long enough that I adjust to it. If I wanted the door closed, I wouldn't have opened it. And if the door is open, I might as well walk through it. I slide my feet as close to the edge of the light as I can without crossing over. I can feel the air, still and stale, but something about the experience soothes me, makes it real, tangible, and manageable. I poke my head out of the supply closet and Into the hotel itself. The lobby is small tonight. Dingy. Stepping out of the darkness, I can feel something being left behind. There's no one in the lobby. The lights are on, but there's no one here to summon me. My footsteps echo a little too loudly against the dull walls. I can hear the air conditioner, but the musty air is close. The front desk looks abandoned. There's no dust or cobwebs, but a nearly invisible film of dread covers and mutes everything.
0: Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel.
1: I don't bother taking my place at the front desk. I already know she's not here. Instead, I stand where she stands. Part of me worries about the consequences if there are any of my presumption. But I left that part of me behind. I'm aware of it dimly as I run my hands over the guest book, smooth and bumpy where the leatherwork design was stitched and grooved. It doesn't make a sound when I slide it around to me and open it. Soft yellowish pages, lined with sharp gold edges. Blank. I collect all the pages in a thick chunk in my hand, and let them fan out slowly. They sigh when I let them fall, flipping after one another. Every page is empty. The nameless dead and dying are not remembered here. We wouldn't be remembered by them if they lived, if they left. We remember them, some of them, sometimes. I think we remember each other mostly we remember we will die the people who put their names in our books almost never remember that but we do we don't get to leave either though we don't get to live Hotel policy, I suppose. I let the book fall closed with the last blank page and a silent thud. I don't bother putting it back. The front desk bell still sparkles if I look at it just so. I have to tilt and turn my head minutely, chasing the glint of some phantom light inside the reflection it fades though as if it was never really here and soon it's as flat and dull as the rest of the lobby reflecting only my face warped and stretched and almost almost unrecognizable Was it ever any other way? Or did I just need it to sparkle a little? On a whim, so suddenly that I surprise myself, I reach out and tap the bell briskly with the flat of my fingers. It doesn't sparkle either. Nothing fills the lobby with a reverberating ring. It doesn't cut through the noise and waste and punctuate the night. The subdued clunk of a useless bell signifying nothing except that it is not here. She is not here. Behind me... The door to her private office opens with nothing more than a glance over my shoulder. I don't need my hands to open doors in the hotel any more than I need to look inside the office to know it's empty. I look anyway wood paneled walls and a hard, dirty carpet. An overflowing filing cabinet. A heavy desk with an old computer or TV on it. I can't tell which. I put my hand through the slot in the door. Just my fingertips. It's thin, designed for reservation cards. This is his office, too. Preparing for the guests or writing his reports. I never understood why he wanted to work out of her office, down here in the lobby with us. I curl my fingertips through the slot and close the door. When I open it again, the void. Empty frontier. I try to picture clusters of information as they move through the hotel. The whole floor for him to do his paperwork, collect information on the guests, have his meetings with the hotel. He isn't here either. The light keeps a respectful distance and the doorway looks like a hole into black space. The void suspended in a lobby. I turn away from it. I turn away from the private office door, from the supply closet door, even from the lobby doors. I am tired of doors. I am tired of opening them and being afraid of what is inside. If there's anyone here, I know where to look. I raise my hands up from my sides, palms out and relaxed. The tiled floor beneath me is pushed up lifting me above the front desk, above the lobby, up into the hotel itself. I turn my hands and push them out. The ceiling crumples away into shadows and folds in on itself. Again and again it folds as I twist my hands and roll my fingers swiftly. Floor after floor of rooms present themselves to me, then genuflect away as I soar by on my impossible pillar, an endless cross-section of halls and room, no two ways the same, yet all identical. They seem to change and twinkle as my eyes wave past them. Like a beautiful dream. Like magic. Like starlight. I push my hands down with effort and rise even faster. The rooms blur by in an impossible smear. I see each one clearly, I know each one intimately. These are mine. I built them for her, for the guests, for us all. I twist my arms and jerk my shoulders until the hotel is swirling around me, and I am spitting even faster on my dizzying dais. Together, we dance. I curl, suddenly hunched over, up on the balls of my feet and flash my hands out. Everything explodes around me. The hotel shatters and peels away from itself. Staggering pillars of shrieking rooms writhe in the cosmos. I point to one and bring it closer to me, dragging it across infinity. I drop it and immediately clap my hands together. It splinters, and rooms bubble out like foamy knots where it breaks. Rooms in the trillions. Empty. I stomp my foot, and launch off the floor into the chaos I made. At first, I wave off buildings and houses, sweeping them away with a wave of my arms, as they, or I, start moving faster and faster. It gets... it gets harder to control it. I hurl acres out of my way with a twitch of my face, a wink of an eye. But there are so many rooms, and and I am only one lobby boy. I see it coming. But there's nothing I can do. I crash into the hotel and it swallows me like a whale. I can't tell how many rooms I crash through and I don't try to stop myself in any of them. I catch only glimpses of the fractal nightmare my perception has become. Moments between thunderclaps of violent darkness. I can see the stars in these moments. Each star in a new place when I see it again. Like the rooms. Like the guests. Like us. The same, different, changing As I crash, faster and faster, the flickering starlight seems to change. Collecting itself. Shaping itself into something beautiful and terrible. It's laughing. And dancing. I think... It can see me. It goes right on, laughing and dancing. And it seems I am headed inevitably back where it started. The hotel uses arms of light and laughter to gently push the rooms and building from my path. They drift away like meaningless flotsam. Eternity passes... And the stars themselves move for me. I can't see the empty rooms anymore. All I can see now is her. She opens her arms and the light gets too bright too fast. She sparkles for me. And I can... Feel her smile. <laughs> oh, little light, I pass into the light, and everything goes dark. <gasps> Something's changed, something is different. I am not alone. Have I been here all along? I can hear something in the walls. I can feel something outside my supply closet. I know the lobby is out there and waiting. I guess I'm never really alone. Not at the hotel. The hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten, starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager, Mark Witten as the lobby boy, Graham Rowett as the owner, and Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake.